see, the thing with guys, they love it when you take the lead. They do. They're shy too. You can't make them do all the work. <laughs> so don't be nervous. Be yourself. Just mm, maybe a little more so. <laughs> this is helping. Here, take mine. Hun, the more you have, the better you feel. Trust me. Welcome to All A Boot Degrassi, the podcast where we count every vote because this is a democracy. Oh, we're talk- oh, okay. Yeah. We're talking about school. We're talking about school elections. I, I thought it was on theme. No, yeah. Like no, yeah. I like yeah. that. Thank you, Evan. Evan, uh, do you want to introduce yourself as well? Yes, I'm Evan Goodrich, and I'm Nick Sahoya. We are your co-hosts. Uh, we also have here with us the lovely uh, producer Brimp. Hello, Brimp. Hi. How are you? Good to see you guys again. Good to have the Degrassi boys back together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Degrassi back, boys baby. don't mean a thing. Um, so the- yeah, so this is the first episode where we're covering two episodes. Yeah, of one. technically. Two stories, because it was like two. a two-parter, two episodes. It's like a gray area. Mm-hmm. So, and today but we're two talking about episodes. Stories, yeah. yeah. So today we're talking about episodes three and four of, of season, season one. one. Season one. Let's, gotta go watch gotta... those episodes, babies. You're gonna be lost. If, and then because... we gotta get through this slog. Oh my god. I, I wanna say up front, we <laughs> started this podcast because we like Degrassi. It is not our fault that the first few episodes are very bad. So You know, it's not so much that they're bad, <laughs> it's just that I'm like like it's like filler, right? Like these yeah. uh, particularly this the first episode is oh I God. mean I have a lot to say. I actually have more to say about the second episode. I I just wanted to give a disclaimer that we do like Degrassi and we apologize for being negative up front. We love Degrassi. We are on the record as being Degrassi stands. Yeah, it's just every show takes a minute to find its footing and Degrassi is no exception. Next gen, no exception. Mm -hmm. Even though it's technically like if you think about it, it's like the 100th episode (laughs) if you count the 80s ones. Yeah, you think they they have the formula down. Um, So this first episode is titled family politics which is is not, that a song not no a song. it is not a song um this, they were still figuring they were still working out the kinks at this point so like this season some episodes are named after songs some were, are not were the 80s episodes named after songs i don't think so i think this was a they see, weren't I, named after I, like 50 songs because no, like no i don't no i don't think we're doing a 30 year cycle um no, I think like like because with Degrassi: Next Generation, it was sort of like a clear like homage to the original, which was in yeah. the '80s. So I think they were like, "Oh, that'll be cute," and I do think it's cute. I think it's very cute. But this episode, they did not name it after a song. So oh, and thank goodness because what song would want to be associated with this really really dull episode? I know I've said it before and said it again, but Toby. I don't know who to blame for this. Toby <laughs> sucks. I don't think it's the actor's fault. I think any actor can succeed. They're given good material, but this is the first Toby Heavy episode, and it is relentlessly boring. <laughs> Let's get <Yeah>. into it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, now that you bring that up, it's interesting that, like, so this episode is about Ashley Kerwin and Toby uh, Isaacs, right? Yeah, Toby, Toby Isaacs, Isaacs, and they yes. are and they are step-siblings, as we come to find out in this episode. And this is both of their, like, first spotlight episode. Yeah. And it's just interesting, because this is an episode that focuses on two characters who are 
really actually really important in the first few seasons of the show. Yes. And then without spoiling anything, like they precipitously <laughs> drop off in importance in a few seasons. And, and it's, I, it's interesting. I didn't think about this until you said that, but other than this season, do these two characters who are step siblings have any scenes together? <laughs> Because I feel like the finale of this season is the last time they ever interact on screen. You know, um, it's been a long time since I've seen these se- since uh, since I've seen these episodes, but uh, we'll find out <laughs> as we go along with this podcast, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm pretty sure they forget pretty quickly that they're step siblings. But not this, in this episode. This first conversation, this intro conversation with Ashley on the phone with Terry, is one of my favorite things in writing because it's the one-sided phone conversation where, where the person you where... can hear <laughs> is saying everything the other person is saying back to them, so you can hear well, it too. And it's just like so obvious that like you're not talking to anybody on the phone. I know <laughs> you are having a conversation with yourself, um, and they do that twice in this episode where it's like this is like like where they just have like a a weird conversation, like it's that conversation where clearly Ashley is talking the phone to no one. Um, yeah. And then at the end, there's a conversation between her and her boyfriend who we will get to. And like, they, like we oh. get to them like mid conversation. And yeah, it's they like, are already dating. I forgot. Yeah. And so they're like mid conversation and they're like, really? That's crazy. Every <laughs> and, and, <laughs> episode in season one ends in the middle of a conversation. It is so strange. It's just like, okay, this is where we decided to start rolling the credits. It's like, well, you probably could have done it like oh, three no, that's like before. They, well, they do that like, no, for that conversation, it's like at the end of the episode, like they're like, we're about to have a resolution, but like we're like getting back from commercial break. And so they're like, uh-huh. that's crazy. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, there's Toby. Let me segue to the actual, you know, I see actual meat and potatoes. Yeah. But, but my um, point stands. Every episode ends weird in season one. And most of them after that. <laughs> um, so let's just dive in, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. So she's so, on the phone. She's talking to Terry about the presidential race. Well, so yeah. So we find out that Ashley is running for class president um, or student president, student body president, which yes. uh, they treat as incredibly important <laughs> in this yes. school. And I don't know, was was school office, was student office important in your school? No, no, of course not. This And this is a perfect question because this is in every show about high school. It's just like they, yeah. they want to do a story about politics. Mm-hmm. So they act like we all, I think I remember voting for like my friends for like ASB student council. I think that's about it. Right. And I remember voting because I knew who was running uh, my senior year. Well, I knew informed, who was running for class you're president. informed <laughs> I was an informed voter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the... But like... Uh, yeah, we'll, what are we'll we voting against? <laughs> like, I love... Uh, whenever they do a school election on TV, it's always like, here's all the policies I'm going to change when I've elected school president. It's yeah. like, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no... School president, you fundraise for prom, and like that's it. You are and a that's, puppet. You are and, a and puppet for the administration. <laughs> yeah, and you know we got to fundraise for prom. Prom is very important to a lot of people, but that that is that is like the the be and end all of your position. Calm calm down. If I could just but, interject really quickly as someone who was uh, the vice president, you one hundred percent were voted for. What did you get? Uh, what were you president. elected as? Of course you were. Yeah. And yeah. then did you know that Brimp was popular in high school? It's true. 
Uh, I might have I been the homie. I think he's my only friend that was popular in high school, and it comes up sometimes. <laughs> it makes me really upset. He's a uh, comedian too. It doesn't make any sense. I was the vice president, and yes, you're right. The the like primary <laughs> thing that like student council is for is uh, fundraising for prom. But the other thing that we had to do was we had to. Um, facilitate elections for the next year. Those are the those were the two things that we had to do. That was it, though. Hmm. Heavy is the head that yeah. wears the vice presidency. Um, yeah, I will say talking about politics this much or with what's going on in the news right now is causing me a lot of existential dread. So let's get into the Canadianness, the pleasant warmth, like a bath of the Canadianness of this school election. Yeah, the low stakes, the lowest. I of love stakes. the low stakes. That's what's honestly the great thing about this show is. It's the highest stakes and somehow the lowest. Nothing yeah, will this, ever happen. This is a low people. stakes episode, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, so we find out that like she and Toby have recently become step-siblings. And so there's a lot of tension in, under the roof, and they're both sick of each other, which relatable. I will say there's I mean, good I... exposition in this scene where Toby's like, you, how did you know it was me in here? It could be my dad or your mom. And I'm like, okay, instantly I get what's going on here. Great writing, Degrassi man. I assume it was a man because it's the early 2000s. <laughs> Very utilitarian. Well yeah. done. We get <laughs> we get their dynamic like right off the bat. And so, so Toby like wants to piss off Ashley because yeah. he's upset about their home situation. And so he decides to use his best friend, JT, oh, wait, who we met wait, in the first wait, episode. Wait, wait, We're skipping the training bra? <laughs> We're skipping the training bra? <laughs> oh, is, is that important? <laughs> you think it's not? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I assume younger siblings do that. I have never had uh, someone young in my house who wears bras, so I don't know. But I, what I want to say is this moment of Toby coming out of the bathroom in Ashley's training bra was in a lot of ads on the end because that was like a moment they could advertise. And oh, then really? rewatching it this time, I, I really paid attention because it was like burned into my brain. It was the first time I saw it in a while. And it was like, you can really tell that they had trouble framing this shot because he kind of awkwardly like sidesteps out the door to land on his mark. And he's kind of got a weird sideways grin on his face. And I feel like they did about 40 takes of this. Well, it paid off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, comedy gold. No notes. <laughs> um, I but yeah, totally... he wants to create yeah. more tension with the election. <laughs> Yeah, so he decides to use his best friend J2, who we met in the pre the first episode, and he wants to use him as like a puppet, <laughs> as as like a Manchurian candidate um, oh, wow. against against Ashley. Yeah, do you think he's gonna like activate him once he gets elected <laughs> with like some code words, and then he'll become like a communist? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of player. communists, well, because also part of the reason Toby states we know that it's mostly just to piss off Ashley, but part yeah. of his stated reason is because he's like, this is a democracy, and you're running unopposed, which is you know just like the China's Communist Party does. Wait, <laughs> like, he said that? <laughs> no, that, no, that oh, was my okay. but um, okay. it's that is what she's doing um. <laughs> And so that's his part of his stated reason. Um, but we know it's just to piss her off. Yeah. Um, but like, but then to the surprise of everyone, JT's joke campaign becomes like a huge success. And it causes yes. Ashley to start to sweat. Which, <laughs> which, uh, do we want to go over their campaign position? Let's, ta let's talk about a couple things in the first half of the episode. Yeah, let's talk about their campaigns. First of all, I want to say, 
I've been hard on the writing of this show. I will continue to be hard on the writing of this show. But JT is running a joke campaign, and his jokes are funny. So good job. <laughs> JT, so I think the writing is good. I think his actor, Ryan Cooley, is like oh, he's incredibly one of the best charismatic. Yeah. Just like, he's like, oh, you're like, oh, I know that kid. I knew that kid yeah, in middle we school. We all knew that kid. Yeah, exactly. And the jokes are very funny. Like he, when he announces his campaign, he says, I will do what any real politician would do. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. He gives a lot of mileage out of that one. He does a yeah, lot of, and he, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything jokes, but they're good. They're funny jokes. Yeah. And he admits to being open to bribes. And, you know, I think I value that honesty in a candidate. Yeah. And what's what's Ashley's position? She wants a night dance. <laughs> okay, she wants a a, a night, night dance. Which is, sounds so much creepier than it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, which is funny because I'm like, I, do you like? Did you have night dances in middle school? Um, we did. Maybe like one or two a year. I feel like they were mostly at lunch hour. Oh really? And I would go play oh. StarCraft in the library instead of going to the dance. <laughs> That's very relatable. <laughs> I want to talk about this episode in particular has a lot of uh, background actors because there has to be people reacting to these speeches that the candidates are giving. And I think that the background actors are so distractingly awful, but it's not really their fault. They've been given too much work. It's like, I shouldn't be paying this much attention. There's a boy... <laughs> When principal, not principal, he's not principal yet, spoilers. When Mr. Simpson uh, is introducing the uh, uh, media immersion class, there's a boy who is told to go find a seat and he is 90% of the screen. <laughs> he's blocking all of the main characters and he just shrugs the biggest shrug I've ever seen. And it's like, well, you know, if I was on TV in his position, I would try and make the most of that part as well. But a lot of their behavior is like, Lynchian. It's like these seem like Twin Peaks characters that are in the background and the people we're following are the only like somewhat normal folks. Thoughts? <laughs> well, they are children. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's hard to It's hard to be a child NPC. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to be an NPC. But I also blame the director because in both of these episodes, almost every scene starts with like an anonymous student opening a locker, getting off their skateboard, getting onto a school bus. And then it cuts to the people we're actually following. But for like 20 seconds, we're spending all the screen time with this background actor who probably wouldn't have gotten the part if he had to talk. I'm sorry. I want, to talk more about, I want to talk more about the campaigns. I want to talk about the meat and potatoes. Fine. We'll talk about the campaign. <laughs> yeah. So Ashley's positions, as we said, she wants to establish the first night dance. Ooh. Yeah. Risque. Uh, the she first also wants ever. To... Yeah. Which She's is... a trailblazer. Mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Um, greater representation on the school board. What does That's that mean? <laughs> very valid. Um, well, again, this is where I'm like, this doesn't really happen in actual schools, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is I, this is TV reality school, so you know. Also, as far um, as I can tell, there's two positions. It's it seems to be secretary and president because <laughs> it's just. There's a, I mean, there's got to be someone being VP, but they don't bring it up. So who knows? Yeah. Where's the treasurer? Who's running for treasury? Yeah, I, need to know. I remember treasurer was a big deal back when school school board stuff was a thing. Um, would you have found recycling. yourself if, if you were principled for Ashley's positions would you as a middle schooler have found yourself swayed by JT's sort of campaign 
Well, so he only states one position, and his one position is that they will like uh, redistribute the means of four ply toilet paper. Yes, <laughs> basically, actually, he's like, make the staff washrooms our washrooms. Yes, and is... actually, Brent, I hate to interrupt, but can you go ahead and play the most Canadian moment bumper real quick? I sure can. <laughs> This one's a little longer. Okay, yeah, we'll do the short one next time. <laughs> okay. The most Canadian moment of the episode, JT is giving a speech on a picnic table, and he says the, the phrase staff washroom about 17 times in 30 seconds, and that is the most Canadian moment of the episode. Evan, continue. <laughs> do they say washrooms in Canada? Is that only a Canada They thing? only say washrooms. Have you ever said washrooms as an American person? No, I definitely haven't. Brent? I definitely have not. I've never. Also, oh, quit real quick of when we're talking. I would about maybe say restroom between washroom. Yeah, washroom. They definitely. That's a Canadian thing. But I also noticed, I, and I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if this is a Canadian thing, but they they don't say eighth graders. They say grade eight. Grade, grade eight. Grade that was almost my most sevens. Canadian moment. Yeah. but it happened. Well, I don't even. Times. I don't know that's a Canadian <laughs> thing. I feel like that's just a this this that is universe totally a Canadian we, thing. Do people say that in Canada? Like, do we I, know that people say that in Canada? Okay, I know that we joke that we've watched too much of this show, but I feel like you're thinking things that I think are clearly that's just Canadian. A I think that's just a Degrassi thing. No, I think it's that's not. just a, calling someone grade eights. Do we yes. know that other Canadians call people grade eights? Other Canadians. I need, I need call, uh, citation unless needed. Canadian, unless citation a Canadian production needed. is fronting as an American production, they will say restrooms and they will or bathrooms and they will say eighth grade not grade eight. yeah we're gonna need the canadian listeners I, to send a, a message a dm can you send us some emails Degrassi. please yeah. some all about yeah. Degrassi dms i'm gonna need citations okay for this. i think i'm right but please continue i think that's very courageous of you um <laughs> uh yeah i mean as i will say um knowing the teacher like knowing my school's budget and how they treated teachers i don't think our teachers were getting better uh washrooms quote-unquote <laughs> than us like i think they also had like shitty toilet paper i don't think they had charmin so i don't think so that seems very I, unlikely <laughs> they don't even give teachers you know money for staplers like they didn't have charmin yeah maybe in radich's office maybe in his maybe, specific private yeah, washroom <laughs> yeah yeah also, maybe. what is he what is he basing this on has he snuck into the washrooms before and i mean it's jt paper? so yes yes he, he has did. of course he has um, I don't know. I would probably, I mean, I would vote for Ashley. Let's be real. Like, who's actually going to do the work? We know it's Ashley. I think so. Can we talk about the introduction of some big characters this is? This well, I would like to get through the main plot first. Okay, well, Because we'll, there's not really a subplot in this yeah, we'll, episode. We'll it's just a series of... Yeah. Okay. So, oh, Ashley's starting to this. sweat because the polls, because they have a polling system... <laughs> For their school election, which is Well, Nate nuts. Silver was doing a lot of reporting on this Degrassi election. <laughs> and it's weird because he was projecting that JT was going to win. So, I mean, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's and the polls are saying upset. that he's in a dead heat, right? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, and, like, Ashley's really starting to sweat because of this. Um, and so she bribes JT. She gets, she, like, gets her muscle, which is her boyfriend that scene was and his so friend. Funny. Yeah, it's very Al Capone of her. Like, wow, she really roughed him a up. A full shakedown. Like that. That yeah. was like, I want more of this on my Degrassi. I want children to be acting like adult criminals. That's very funny to me. Yeah, I mean, this is how real elections are run. Yeah. So, 
I appreciate the verisimilitude. And she bribes her with 80 bucks. That's a lot of money for an eighth grader. Well, not in Canadian money. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do they have? Do they? Is it? Is it? Does what? The they also have their own money. Rate? They have their own slang. They I have do their know own they have. I, I I do know they have their own money. I'm still <laughs> skeptical about the grade eights. I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I, so, I'm sorry. I'm night. I'm. I I almost want to fight you about it. I, I'm I just, 100% sure. It is I just. A Canadian I just don't know what your evidence is beyond Degrassi. What more evidence do you need? When else have you heard someone say that? <laughs> This is this is fiction. This is not real. Exactly. Where else have you heard them say this? You think this is like a uh, like? No, exactly. Where else have you heard them say grade A? Only Degrassi. Degrassi is not a microcosm this of isn't Canada. Westeros. They don't have made up languages specific. I don't know for what you're talking about. Anyway, let's talk about the end because I'm because we're because we're almost done. We're almost yeah. out of the woods here. And so because I have a lot to giving... say about the details here. With so much. Um, yeah, so they're giving their speeches, the candidates, and Toby threatens to tell the whole school about Ashley giving JT a bribe. And so they have this, like, super fucking vulnerable moment mm -hmm. where they both express their frustrations about living with each other. And, it's, you know, that's that's a tender moment. And then Ashley begs Toby not to tell, and Toby reluctantly agrees. Ugh, and then this scene was so boring. They were just in the hallway for so long talking about things. Anyway. Well, <laughs> and then meanwhile, inside the gym, JT signs off on a speech by quitting the race and endorsing Ashley to Honestly, everyone's confusion. So punk rock. <laughs> yeah. If um, a kid did that at my school, I'd be like, pretty dope. <laughs> I know, and he gets in trouble. I'm like, oh. I, I feel like he just got a slap on the wrist. I'm sure. I mean. It's his, it's his first day at this school. I don't think Principal Radich is going to like. Yeah, it's like this is the first him. week. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure just to get into the nitty gritty. Where aren't school elections held at the, like the beginning or at the end of the previous year? That would make more sense. That's how it's done, right? Like they're not held at the beginning Brad, of the senior year. But they're, so if I as the expert on this. Um, so <laughs> with freshman year, it was the beginning of that year because they weren't we were at a different mm. school the year before so i don't oh. know what the if grade okay. that would the make sense the school, then it does make sense so I'll, I'll allow it all right fair fair point okay um and then what what happens at the end of this episode here? yeah so so ashley wins because she's running unopposed <laughs> like the chinese communist party and <laughs> she and toby have a heart to heart and they decide to get along better going forward another very the, boring scene the end. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a very boring episode. Let's talk about the fun parts of it. Um, I want to say from the jump, the thing I want to talk about is this documentary that is apparently being shot. Okay. I also Who was questions. that character? So my personal <laughs> fan theory, which is you know, not supported by anything, but I'm like, Heather oh, Sinclair. I think it's... No, not Heather Sinclair. I think it's Ellie, who <gasps> we've not been introduced to yet. <gasps> Only... It's only totally because Ellie. only because she's operating the camera in the opening of season three. <gasps> um, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's just I mean, this is obviously this is before that character existed. But it's in my Ellie. head, I fully that's believe that's Ellie. fan interpretation. I was looking at the hands because you see the documentary footage like three or four times. It's used as a device to tell us what all the students are feeling about the election. And yeah. it's not until Paige's interview that you see the camcorder and the little hands holding it because there's a joke where she, she, I guess, we're thinking it's Ellie, runs away from Paige. So yeah. my question is this. Yeah. My question is this. 
does everyone does everyone know that she's making a documentary about the election because people are so surprised by her but then immediately know what to say like every one of these documentary segments starts with like oh my god yeah so i think jt should be president (laughs) it's just like wait did you know she was there or not i'm guessing someone's i'm guessing they've been like told look out someone's gonna be on the prowl and like want your you know this is for the this is how they calculated the poll i guess i guess yeah (laughs) Ellie was just um, going around asking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, officially, we don't know who this person is, which is an interesting device. Um, That's and why I think I it has it some of the... Sinclair, but I, I figure she would have had polished nails, so probably not. Yeah, and also Paige wouldn't have talked to her. Wouldn't have <gasps> That's true. Oh my god, um, obviously. Uh, so... Did you feel like Paige's was more rehearsed? I feel like everyone else, like Emma, comes around the corner and is just like, "Okay, I'm doing my interview." Paige like opens a door. She like makes sure she's framed right. I feel like she made the camera person do like several takes with her, and that's why the camera person ran away. Well, this is a great time to talk about Paige Michael Jack. We have to talk about Paige. Who is this? Is her introduction? Yeah, we've not been introduced to this character before. Brimp, producer Brimp. Mm-hmm. We obviously know a lot about this character, Paige, but you, new to Degrassi Next Generation. How did you feel in your core when Lauren Collins said, new year, new look, new page? Because it changed my life. I have, uh, I'm sorry to break this to I have no memory of this part of the episode. <laughs> you don't remember the mean girl introducing herself to Terry? She's not a mean girl. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. The, she's the one who's like kind of glammed up for a, yes. for a child. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> she's okay, the glammed this, up child. Yeah, we're going to remember this lady. Uh, did I, I think yeah. she's very much the parody of like an American high school. I feel like she feels the most like Canada attempting to insert an American yes. character. She looks like Would she you saw that, some Lindsay Lohan content yeah. and thought I could do that. And later, in a much later season, she does name check Lindsay Lohan and say, I wish I looked like her. So you're on to something. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Paige is the one of the best characters on this show and certainly at this point um, i will say she is maybe the best actor on the show she elevates everything I, they get yeah, her i agree she knows how to she knows how to uh read a line like when she's interviewed by that person doing the documentary for the election and she's like because you know she cannot wait to show off for this person she loves the camera <laughs> she's yep. a camera whore and so she's like let me show you my new purse here's everything that's in my purse and then there's like a twix bar in her purse and she's like that that's not mine. That's not mine. I've, um, <laughs> I've missed that joke on this rewatch. That is very funny. <laughs> it's, it's just so good. She's so good. What an She's icon. So we stand page on this show. We also meet um, Spinner and his uh, very, very dear friend. Uh, what's his name again? Is it Dr- Jimmy? 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 Yeah, it's Jimmy. Yeah, he's played by um, Aubrey Graham. Mm-hmm. Who? Mm-hmm. I'm working on fine. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset yeah. that it took us uh, this long to get to Drake. <laughs> um, Otherwise Brimp, known as Drake. Yeah. Yes. Producer Brimp is like number one Drake fan that I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, how I did mean, you I'm feel cool, seeing I'm, this? I've, I've cooled off a little bit uh, <laughs> okay. regarding, you know, Millie Bobby Brown and whatnot. I'm upset. But yeah, I, I, oh, I, I, I still like some of those albums a lot. Um, but yeah, I've, I love that he's a bully. That's very fun. Like the first time you see him, he's just like, he's not even the bu- like the main bully. He's like the lackey to the other bully, which is just very I think funny. he just likes watching bullying happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is a spectator. Yeah, he's yeah, a, it's interesting. a bully 
<laughs> it's interesting because yeah, this is definitely like not who his character becomes later on. But um, yeah, in this first season, he's kind of he's honestly doesn't really have a huge role at all. He's no. sort of defined by being Ashley's boyfriend and yeah. by Spinner's lackey. Yeah, he becomes a really great character. I think he probably has one of the most interesting arcs of of any of these characters. I would say next to Craig. It's like he and Craig are my favorite male characters. And then, of course, I've got Manny and Paige representing my ladies. Those are, those are I think, the best written characters, the best acted characters. I, I think Drake does a great job in this role. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine in this episode. <laughs> you, you don't like him? <laughs> he's, I, in, in this episode, he's fine. Okay. He's fine. He'll 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 get more to chew on later on. Um, okay. We meet uh, Liberty. Uh, we meet Liberty. Um, Producer hmm, Brent. Liberty. Um, obviously, we can't do it for this episode, but can you please get the uh, sound effects from the Liberty Insurance commercials where it says Liberty, 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 and just play that can. every time we talk about Liberty in future yeah, episodes? Thank you. I can do that. How do we feel about Liberty? Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> you know. <laughs> She's kind of has that page or the not the page issue, the Emma issue where it's like this is like very much like a girl that, you know, in middle school. And it's that girl, you know, in middle school that you do not like yes. at all because she and she's sort of the she's like the brown nosing grade grubber goody goody two shoes. And that is just a character that really obsequious. inspires a lot of ire mm-hmm. obsequious. Yeah. And um, but like I think her actress is actually like good at selling that character. It's just this is a very. This yes. character is supposed to be obnoxious, right? Yeah. Um, Whereas Toby is supposed to be like a fun nerd and the actor is not making that happen. You know, <laughs> say what you will about Toby. I think his actor does a pretty good job with a char- with this character, who is very important. He gets a lot to chew on this first few seasons. Oh, you know what was funny to me? I was thinking about it when... Because another slight spoiler alert. These characters, you know... Just because they're friends with someone in one episode doesn't mean they're going to be friends the entire time. You know, maybe they'll have different friends next season. So to see Manny, JT, Emma, and Toby all standing together as like kind of each other's rocks in this first week of school, it was very funny to remember, oh, right, you guys are only friends because of that sexual predator from last week's episode. That's the only reason. That is your inciting incident as a friend group. (laughs) I mean, work together to save Emma from a sexual predator. What could forge a stronger bond yeah. than near sexual assault? I, I, I can't think of anything else. Yep. Um, yeah, Liberty's fine. <laughs> In conclusion, Liberty is like, I mean, she's annoying, but she's like good at being annoying. She's I like her annoying. speech. I kind of like her better when she's annoying because they try and make her more likable later and they don't give her any likable qualities. They're just like, well, now Liberty's not annoying. And I'm like, well, then she's not. Yeah, annoying. I think she's like, I'm like, this is what you're here for is to like kind of be annoying. Yeah. And she's very good at that in this episode. Like her speech where she says something to the effect of I you will run my office with enthusiasm and even more enthusiasm. And it's like, that is not the mic drop you think it is, sweetie. Yeah, but that does sound like something a, like, seventh grader would say. It and does. Think it was, like, tight. It so. does. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's very good at being, you know, that obsequious, obnoxious seventh grader. So, good job. Uh, I want to talk about Miss Kwan. First appearance of Miss Kwan. <laughs> Miss Kwan, the English teacher at Degrassi. Miss Miss Kwan, the English teacher who uh, will be on this show for a decade. <laughs> That's crazy. 
That's crazy that she stayed that long. The fact that I'm in like season 10 right now, and I think it's the first season she has not been in. They kind of bring in another teacher to replace her, like a younger, mm-hmm. hotter teacher to replace her. Um, they do. That's what happens. I'm sorry. That's not my opinion. That's just what happens. But these first ten, nine or 10 seasons are anchored by the presence of Miss Kwan and Miss Sauve. And I would like to write a non-sexual fan fiction about Miss Kwan and Miss Sauve getting together after school and just talking about some of the things that happened at work that day. I, I wouldn't think they read would get it. cocktails or something. I wouldn't read it. But you wouldn't read it? You don't want to know what they're no. up to? No. They know all of our favorite characters inside and out. They know Emma better than you know Emma. And that's saying something. That's true. Right? Teachers do love to gossip about their students. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. I wrote for, uh, I was like the the sort of TA for like a children's writing course in my hometown of Visqua, Washington. And oh, I actually probably shouldn't have said, no, it's fine. It's fine. I won't say the name of the theater. <laughs> At a certain theater in Visqua, Washington, I was a TA and we were working, we were writing a new show. The kids would sort of come up with their characters and we would write a show around them. And I remember we were at the um, premiere. All of the students' parents were there watching the show that we all wrote together. And this one girl came out on stage and my boss, the head writer of the show, gave her the finger and said, fuck you. Oh, I tried so hard to make something interesting for you. You suck. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. And the thing is, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> to the child? She, no, the child couldn't hear. We were in a we were in a black box. We were in like a cry room. So the, the no one could hear us. So this was the first oh, time good. I really got to hear her opinions. And she was just like, oh, fuck. I tried so hard to help you and you suck. How old, how old are these children? Uh, that one was like 15. <laughs> oh, what's that? It's just hard. Be- <laughs> That's enough talk about that. Um, <laughs> what do we think of this episode? I I thought it was bad. The one thing I want to say before we move on is there's a scene where Toby is running off copies and Mr. Simpson comes up and taps him on the shoulder and says, you know, those are 10 cents a copyright. And then Toby freaks out because it's going to cost him so much money. If he hasn't already paid for it, then why are the copies coming out? It makes no sense. That's all I have to say about this episode. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe it's like an honor system where it's like, it's oh, well, Canada, now you have to yeah. go to the library librarian and like give them two dollars afterwards. Give them a loony yeah. or a two. But it's like you've already used the paper, so you know, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Maybe they charge it to his account. Maybe he's like owes a lot in credit. <laughs> he's got a tab. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I guess that's Canada. Um, okay. Honestly, the less this, the less said about this episode, the better. Let's talk about the next episode, which is simultaneously more boring and also has more fun moments let's get into it there's a lot to unpack in this one let's take a little break episode four yeah and we're back we're back yeah. So we're talking about episode four, Eye of the Beholder, which is named after a Metallica song. What? Do you know this song? Yeah, it's like, Eye of the Beholder, Eye of the Beholder, Eye of the Beholder, Eye of... That's, I am. that's not too far off. <laughs> that's not too far off. Yeah, um, I listened to it. I had never listened to it before, and I listened to it before we recorded this. And Are you going to like, do that oh, with all the songs? <laughs> I sure am. If Great. I don't know them, absolutely. Yeah, tell us um, about your report about this song. <laughs> Uh, it has nothing to do with this episode <laughs> at all. It's about like freedom about of, cherry. <laughs> it's about freedom of speech. And I'm like, 
I feel like you guys just like looked at the title and were like, oh yeah, that makes sense with what yeah. the, the subject matter. And it's like, no, no, this this Metallica song actually has nothing to do with the plight <laughs> of one Terry McGregor, who is our protagonist of this episode. If you told me that in the 40-something years Metallica has been a band, they have never once set foot in Canada, I would believe you. <laughs> just seems really weird. Canadian Metallica show? What is that? Uh, let's talk about this episode. We opened with uh, Terry and her dad, uh, Evan. Any thoughts on this? Yeah. So we yeah. So we open with Terry, and this is like one of the only Terry episodes that we get in this entire show. So this is you know this is the yes, moment. Yes, I would agree. One of the only Terry centric episodes. Yeah, and so like Degrassi, we find out Degrassi is getting ready for its at first ever quote unquote night dance. Good job, Thank Ashley. You, Ashley hey, Kerwin. Promises, Thank you. Promises delivered. Promises kept. She, she did. She made good on her campaign promise. Yeah. And we find out that Terry... I want to know the background is... dealings that she did with Mr. Radich, where she was, like, in, in his office. It was, like, late at night. They were smoking cigarettes, and they were like, listen, I promised them a night dance, and if you're not going to give me a night dance, then I'm going to fucking take it. <laughs> I don't know I mean, how we politics know... works. <laughs> I mean, we know she's willing to give bribes, so... I think, yes, you know. she probably bribed uh, Radich. She slipped him, like, a cool hunt. The cool Benjamin, yeah. yeah. Um, so we find out that Terry does not want to go to the night dance because she's insecure about her weight and she yes. thinks she'll be made fun of. Despite her dad and Ashley and Spinner, who she has a crush on, they're all urging her to go, but the she doesn't want to go. anyone has a crush on Spinner is so implausible, but please continue. I, you know, kids are dumb. You're in love with I Spinner. I get it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know who doesn't want her to go? Do you remember who doesn't want her to go? Bramp, do you remember? There's only three characters. <laughs> I don't recall. No, sorry. I was distracted because there's an audio clip that I want for this. That <laughs> okay, I, you go, I'm trying you go to find track it. down right now. Yeah. You, you go find it. We'll, we'll discuss. So there's one person who doesn't want her to go, and it's Paige Michaelchuk. Because she also has a crush on Spinner. And it seems like if she has a crush on Spinner, she could just say, hey, Spinner, do you want to go on a date? Well, that's the thing. She's she's once she has a crush on Spinner and she's super jealous of Terry because Spinner has his eyes on Terry and Terry gives him geography notes, which is like it's like one of those cute things that middle schoolers do. But like she's incredibly horny for Spinner's attention this entire episode. And this entire episode, Spinner just pays Paige dust. (laughs) And it's Paige, so funny. This is... I have to be very careful about how I talk about these characters because they do go on journeys. But I will say this is one of the most evil things that Paige does. <laughs> Would you say? Later on? No, I think this. I think this oh, episode, trying, what she does this trying... episode, is one of the worst we... things she's ever done. Uh, Yeah, it's bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um... But I just love that Paige, like, is really chasing Spinner, and he's just having none of it. Just, like, just like she'll say, hey, Spinner, and he's like, okay. Oh, and then he goes back to Terry, <laughs> yeah. and I just think that's, I just think that's fun. That is nice. Because, I mean, Paige apparently loves a chase, so, yeah. you know, she's, she's getting it. Um, So, eventually, Terry gives in, and she decides to go to the dance. And Ashley and Paige give her a makeover, oh, which... God seems to only consist of putting her in a tank top and a skirt and some they lip gloss. They also do that weird early 2000s thing, and we should probably do the fashion moment for this. They also do that weird early 2000s fashion thing where 
the girl's hair at the front and the top of the hair is just like a bunch of knots of like weird spaghetti hairs. Do you know what I'm talking mm. about? It's I not a braid. It's just about. a bunch of weird hairs. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she. <laughs> I mean, she looks. She looks nice, but like she looks I'm pretty. Like, this yeah. isn't, she they looks nice, look but I'm like, this isn't a makeover. It's like you just put her in a skirt and it was literally a tank top. It should have been a yeah. sparkly tank top. That would have. Yeah. The I'm playing the bumper. No, we got to. Well, this isn't the. This isn't the. This isn't it. Okay, I can pause. No, I. I think we want to save that for the end. Um. Um, well, Brent, li- just be sure you leave all this in because we're a very transparent pro- <laughs> podcast and we want people to know our process. Um, can we talk about what the other girls are wearing? Do you remember what the other girls are wearing? Ashley was wearing something boring like she always wears. She's uh, wearing a shirt. She's wearing a t-shirt. This is boring. No dance. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't remember how kids danced or w- what kids wore to dances in middle school. But I was like, come on, like, step your pussy up. What Paige and Terry wore gave me visceral memories of school dances. So the fact that it was Canada had no bearing on it. That was just like peak early 2000s girl going to a school dance outfit. Like, I really felt it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like just a tank top and like a skirt. I'm yeah. like, that's that's it. That's all I needed. But not just that. The hair, the weird uh, up half updo, the weird um, uh, the the uh, crop top that Paige had. It was all giving me a lot of two thousands. The color palette of the skirt and like the flowy fabric it was made of. It was all very like just escaping the nineties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very. Yeah. Y two K. Y two K. Very Y two K. Yeah, so after this huge makeover, which involves, you know, a skirt and lip gloss, <laughs> uh, Paige has a plan. And so after Ashley leaves, she gets Terry drunk on Sherry, which is oh, funny. that's fun. <laughs> which is funny, not just because it rhymes. Yeah. That's the main reason it's funny. That's, that's part of it. But, like, also it's just funny because, like, I associate Sherry with, like, cooking and like grandmas like that's what grandmas drink yeah but i will say this the first time you get drunk it's not on something that you should be drinking that much that's of. true that is absolutely true you're always this like is drinking honest- some like peach schnapps that you're like well my parents won't mm-hmm. miss this mm-hmm. yeah you're like oh let me just get drunk on kalua that's, <laughs> yes that's smart <laughs> yes some of us did that into their mid-twenties uh <laughs> one time we we pulled a bottle of triple sec out of my parents cabinet and oh, no. snuck out with it and took a drink and uh it was water because my brother had already <laughs> drank it. Oh, that's classic. how many brothers did you have two brothers one older one younger okay Oh, middle child, represent. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be funny if you drank it thinking that's just what triple sec tasted like, and then you replaced got, it with yeah. water, yeah. <laughs> and your little brother <laughs> had brother. it even more water. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, your parents not touching the triple sec. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, well, should we yeah. also, there is a B plot in this one. Should we talk about the B plot? I was going to finish the main plot. And then okay, let, the let's get to plot. the end of it. Yeah. So Terry, drunk on Sherry, <laughs> shows up to the dance completely shit-faced, mm-hmm. and she makes a complete fool of herself in front of Spinner, and it's like really hard to watch. It is hard to watch, but also I didn't think her dancing was that bad, and maybe I've just no. been drunk at the club too many times, but I was like, yeah, this seems normal. It wasn't until she fell that it was embarrassing. Right. 
No, yeah, everybody was like looking, like side eyeing her, like look at this clown and her dancing. Like she's, like, she's fun. like, like she's having fun. I yeah. don't know, like how are you supposed to dance? Like just like I mean, I know how middle schoolers usually dance, and it's terrible. They just yeah. like sway. Yeah. They just like sway side to side to side, and like Terry was having a good time. I it's honestly mostly switch. Think the character of Terry is wise beyond her years, and I think that shows in her dancing. <laughs> I mean, she didn't know how to hold her liquor, so I don't know she about didn't, why. She did but that was, that was forced upon her. She was dosed by Paige by Kolchuk. Uh, I mean, Paige, this is a pretty shitty thing that Paige did. I think Paige this is the like, worst thing she ever does. She does some sneaky, underhanded things, but it's usually for a good reason. This was so sinister. I was shocked. Yeah, and like, we'll get it. We'll get into the Paige we'll of it all later. But like, but like, she, I do the show's credit, like, it, she's not painted out as like an outright villain rarely but in this episode this is like definitely her at her most underhanded and her most villainous yes um not cool page not cool um can we talk about terry's <laughs> terry's actresses um drunk acting <laughs> just for a second i hmm yes we should talk about it i didn't it's hate not good. it i thought it was fine um it's you know it's definitely like someone like oh i'm like you don't know what it's actually like to be drunk i mean yeah Drunk acting is hard, though. I think drunk acting is actually really hard because, you know, you don't know how to gauge. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, everybody's drunk in a different way, but I feel like people usually go very broad with it. Yeah. Um, And this is kind of one of those cases. Like, you don't really actually know what it's like to be drunk. Yeah, but speaking of Terry being drunk, there's a moment where they're at the dance. Ashley already knows she's drunk. She's going in to check in with, like, Paige and, and uh, Terry. And then Spinner mm-hmm. walks up. And overhears the entire conversation. He's just standing there listening. And they're like, how much did you drink? Well, I drank about five glasses. Oh, you drank too much. Oh, well, that's fine. Oh, hey, Spinner, do you want to dance? And then Spinner is so shocked when she's drunk. It's like you were just standing there listening to a conversation about how drunk she is. You know, it's very hard to hear it. <laughs> yeah. He, very loud he, music. He has an undiagnosed. He really needs to get a hearing aid, but no one's helping him. No one's giving Spinner the support he needs. I mean, if it's as loud at this dance as it is at Akbar on weekends, that I'm like, I, I understand. Okay, I can hear shit. Fair. <laughs> I withdraw. <laughs> Thank but you. But at the same time, I do think he should have known better. And I think I forgot what I was saying. I thought that if I kept talking, I would remember. Hmm. I think you know. Again, it's it's just kind of sad. It's hard to watch because like yeah. Terry's just like she she's being a bit too forward. And you yeah, know, the no love at first sight line. That's the mm-hmm. most cringy. Yeah. And just, yeah. And like, she, she kind of dotes on him in a way that it seems, I could see like a certain straight kid that age by feeling a little patronized by like, she's like, you're so cute. Yeah, and she like pinches yeah, totally. his cheek. Mm-hmm. It's just like not the look and yeah. it's unfortunate. But then she falls down and that's like the, you know, the, the fall of grace. And then um she, and then she runs to the bathroom to puke. And I, and I have to say, if you realize you have to puke, you do not have time to run down. It looked like she ran down like a, a hundred yard hallway. <laughs> she was just holding her mouth like, I'm going to puke any second. The second I get into that bathroom, I'm going to start puking. <laughs> no, it's like you are going in the first trash can you see. Yes, of Come course. On. If you're lucky, it's a trash can and not someone's yeah, I... like hat. Yeah, especially if this is your first time being drunk. Like, you do not have the stamina. She would have barfed all over herself. And in fact, that would have been a better scene. We should have done that. That would have been great. And that would have, like, really, I would have, like, oh, I would have felt the alienation she'd feel after that. Because, like, you did make a clown of yourself. And how does this kind of get wrapped up? What is the resolution here? 
with this um, main plot? Does so it the end? Next day, I don't remember it, it ending. <laughs> yeah. So the next day at school, Spinner returns Terry's notes to her, and Paige <gasps> nice. has him. Yes. And Paige has him wrapped around her finger, and we, you know, all gasped in shock at the mm-hmm. betrayal. And so the Terry Spinner ship is sunk before it even began its maiden voyage. Yeah. And it's like a complete downer. It's like it's a complete downer ending. That's how it ends. On yeah. Terry's sad face. Yeah, and I feel like what they're trying to do is they're like, this is the new status quo. Like, I feel like all these awkward endings are like, and this is the new status quo. So when you come back next week or when we check in with these characters again, this is the last thing that happened. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's what they're trying to do. That's maybe kind of the soap opera aspect of it. But it would be nice to have some closure at the end of some of these episodes. I mean, I guess it's kind of true to... I mean, it's not holding its punches, right? It's like, oh, Terry fucked up and these are the consequences of her actions actually i'm glad you i'm glad you said that and this is something i would like to start doing for every episode because as we know degrassi goes there it goes there it goes there it sometimes goes there well that's exactly what i want to talk about at the end of discussing each episode i would like to determine whether or not it went there so for last week's episode the sexual predator one i'd say that went there it went there. It went there. It goes there. For family politics, it did not go there. It did not go there. No, no. What about this one? How do we feel? I feel like it kind of goes there. <laughs> um, I mean, if I, mm, mm, mm. I'm going to say it doesn't go there because like oh. the actual subject matter is pretty like <laughs> banal. Yeah. But like, you know, like if I think of when I think of when Degrassi goes there, I'm thinking more of like the first episode, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of content. Um, this is, you know, this is a little more ho-hum. Yeah, I don't... Okay, maybe you've swayed me. We'll we'll have to agree unanimously on these. And I think we agree that episodes three and four both do not go there. They do not go there. Okay. Um, well, we... we you know it does go about... there? Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about the B-plot Oh, now? God, <laughs> Sean. I was going to talk about JT and Toby, the subpl- our subplot. Oh, my God. There's so much to talk about. We've got a power so through there's... this. Sean, Emma, so there's like... JT, Toby, let's go. <laughs> okay, so there's like three subplots in this episode because again they were still trying to figure out what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so in the subplot of this episode, JT and Toby decide to skip out on prom, which relatable. Sure. And so they can watch porn online, <laughs> also relatable. I... Boobage, here we come. <laughs> oh, thank you. And actually, <laughs> keep that forever. Yeah. Um, because I think there's an episode. There's probably a couple episodes about these. No, girls. that'll come in handy. Yeah. That'll come in handy. Yeah. Um, Where they're they're stuffing their bras, or they've developed over the summer. Or they're trying to look hot, and I think that will be a, a helpful soundbite. Yes, I I agree. <laughs> thank um, you for fighting that, Brett. Round of applause for producer. <laughs> Brett. I'm glad it was worth it. I know I was distracted for a minute there. I I knew it was gonna be worth it. I need you but to we... follow your instincts, Brent, yeah. because I'm so glad we heard that just now. <laughs> I remember watching porn with some of my friends in high school, but it was always like there's a later episode of Degrassi that's more like my experience where it's just a bunch of guys having a sleepover and then one of them turns on porn and no one's going to turn it off. It was more like that. Oh. For me. See, I never watched porn with anyone. And like that's always was like a very And you also have never watched me. porn at all cuz you are never. very chaste. I don't I'm not familiar with the concept. I don't even know what this subplot's about. (laughs) What Uh, do you think they were looking at? (laughs) uh, Well, we know the sites that they were looking at, apparently, Uh, are... Can we talk about the names of the sites? Triple Sex XX. Triple Sex XX. Foxy Ladies. (laughs) Babes Babes in in Heat. heat. 
And my main question is, I'm like, well, is this .com? Is this .net? Maybe it's is it .gov? .can or whatever they have up there. Oh, yeah. Is it .gov? Yeah, I think. Yeah, is it .gov? Foxylady.ca. Yeah, I mean, I, that's not the whole link. Come on. Um, well, speaking of this <laughs> subplot, I think we've covered most of the important aspects of it, except for how it ends. We have. Which yeah, I we think have not... is a sex crime. <laughs> really? Yes. If you, okay, Why? so the adults find JT and Toby, this is Toby's parent and step-parent, find JT and Toby looking at porn together. Now, if those two parents decide, hey, we're going to teach our kid a lesson by making him look at porn with us. Okay, a little weird. That's your prerogative. If you do that with his little fucking friend who is 11, then yeah, you should go to jail. And in fact... <laughs> I'm sure they you asked have JT's parents. You think sure they, they called JT's parents and said he has been looking at porn and we're going to show him porn? Absolutely. Are you cool yes, I That's absolutely crazy. think that. That is not. How I it absolutely think that. I love this resolution to the subplot because it's very like, it's like okay, whenever that thing in uh, movies, like whenever like your parents catch you smoking, smoking cigarettes, and then they're like. Oh, yeah? Well, how about you smoke a whole carton of cigarettes? It's very that. <laughs> it does <laughs> That's feel like, like that. it. But the strangest part of it is not the sex crime that clearly happened. The strangest part is that JT and Toby then volunteer this information to Emma and Manny. Yeah, why would they Why would they admit it? I would say anyone? maybe this is a fact I would share with like a close male friend. Like, oh, something really embarrassing happened to me. But in middle school, telling a girl that this happened to me, she's going to tell all the girls, and then everyone's going to know. A girl that this character we know has a crush on. Toby like, has a crush on Emma. Why would this happen? <laughs> why would you volunteer that information? That is social suicide. I don't I don't understand. Okay, so we you, agreed that was out of control. <laughs> that was unhinged. But, I mean, I guess I appreciate their honesty. Yes. Um, and then there's another subplot. Talk about this yeah. other subplot. Which is kind of just like a nothing of a subplot. It's like Emma has no one to go to the dance with. Um, but wouldn't you know it? There's a new kid in town. Dreamy and his name bad is Sean boy. Cameron. Sean Cameron. This is a trope of Degrassi that will, in every few years of Degrassi, we will meet a new one of these. There's a boy who's so, so dreamy, but he's got a troubled past. And can I, the girl, change him? We'll find out. And Sean yeah. is kind of the first of those for the next yeah. generation. He's a project. Yes. Emma knows it. She sees him and she's like, I can fix him. I that want is immediately create, where her mind goes. I want to make a wild life refuge out of you. <laughs> That's her goal. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> she wants to create a preserve around him. Um, she wants to create a, a safe habitat for him. Exactly. Uh, so we kind of don't know much about Sean. He's very standoffish. He doesn't talk to anyone. Can we Jimmy, talk about his... Well, can we talk about his first line with Mr. Simpson? Yeah, sure. So Mr. Simpson, <laughs> he introduces Sean to the class. He says, you know, he used to go here. He's been held back a grade, which he's very embarrassed about. And mm -hmm. he says, Sean, would you like to tell the class thing about yourself? And Sean just flatly says, no. Honestly. And then goes to his seat. Badass. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I had the cojones to do that. Truly, There's if a kid in middle of... school did that, I would be like, damn, that kid's cool. That's Yeah, respect. Tight. Yeah. Yeah. But what's cool about it is there's versions in my memory of this happening in high school where a student stands up to an authority figure and they immediately get in trouble in front of everyone and are like made an example of. What was mm -hmm. so fucking badass is Mr. Simpson was just like, uh, 
okay, um, let's start talking about media immersion. Like, he fucking gagged and gooped Mr. Simpson, <laughs> and Mr. Simpson could not handle it. I mean, you can't make him say so, you know. It's you like, force no, him, yeah. the kid said no. The kid said no. <laughs> um, yeah, so this plot subplot, if you could even call it that, it just is resolved. So, like, he goes to the dance, Sean goes to the dance, and he encounters Jimmy there. And Jimmy, like, brings up how he's been held back, and Sean is immediately, like, goes aggro on him, and mm-hmm. is like, don't talk shit. Um, and Emma sees this, and she's, like, apparently incredibly turned on by this, because she's, like, doing a dance. I know. That's not what happened. That's not what happened, no? because Mr. Radich was right behind her, and she saw that Mr. Radich was going to see the fight, so she did that to help him, even though, of course, she was attracted to him. It was to prevent was, him was... getting in trouble. It was twofold. We can agree. Why it was, was Radich there? It didn't turn her on to watch him fight Jimmy. Well, she's like, oh my god, yeah, come on. Yes, it did. She, maybe she's know. like, okay, okay, biceps. Like, all right. She's like, I can fix him. I can fix him. <laughs> okay, well, for two reasons, she decides to ask Sean to dance with her. Yeah, and, um, and I actually like this moment because this kind of defines their relationship going forward. I actually, I mean, I actually am a really big fan of the Sean Emma relationship. I think it's pretty I think, good. It's one of the better. I think they're very complimentary ships. to each other. Yeah. So and I this think is the first that's, of that. Oh, the the final thing I want to say about this episode, and this is a picture I will post on the All Aboot Degrassi Instagram, which I hope you're all following. Spike drops Emma off at the school dance, and she is lit in the driver's seat of the car as if she is a scary ghoul. She is fully in shadow. <laughs> it is so scary. It's one of the many David Lynchian moments in these two episodes. I think this episode was shadow directed by David Lynch. I will, I'll post a picture. This is a visual thing. Bringing it up on the podcast does nothing except for to advertise when we talk about these visual things. Go follow the Instagram. You'll see all these things we're talking about. I want to see what you're talking about. I don't it's so scary, lot. Evan. <laughs> and then they cut to the <laughs> other side and it's like a little better, but it's still she has like... No, it's really, unf- it's like she goes from being a spooky ghoul to like uh, RuPaul, like on Down Under Drag Race. It's like, oh, okay, this is good. You're just not lit right, you know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. from the other side, she definitely looks like a spooky ghoul. A spooky Any other thoughts? Yeah, Um. just to close out. I mean, so this episode, it's like, I guess it's, it predates a lot of the conversations that are now had about like, body positivity and fat phobia and i don't think this episode is like a great example of dealing with those things no i think their subversion is that spinner likes terry not Paige. they think that's all the work they need to do to make this subversive and it's interesting because really terry doesn't face any sort of like discriminate like or any fat phobia or anything like like everybody's like you're really pretty Every, and everyone in the episode <laughs> at least once says you are so pretty and everyone she says is. she's so pretty and she is she's and even totally her dad little girl she's yeah even her dad is like incredibly supportive of her and I so it's like if her dad wasn't if her dad was like oh eating some more bagels for breakfast like really getting in her head <laughs> then then this episode would have gone there well, so that's the thing. So that's the thing about this episode is because it's like, it's not really about fat phobia or anything. Because if it did show that, then it would be. Because like, if you like talk to like fat people, like a lot of the fat phobia they face is like in the home and it's like yeah. from their parents. And that's like a lot of times the worst fat phobia they face is from their families. But in this episode, like 
she doesn't face any of that. And so it's like, I guess this. How so interesting kind of would it have been if she was being told at home that she was ugly and being told at school she was pretty and she couldn't believe her friends because of her home trauma? Because that of, would have right, been a, right. That would have been an episode. Degrassi. I guess <laughs> the thing with this episode is that it's like, I guess it's not trying to be that serious. Like, I think I it is trying to show, like, something maybe more aspirational to bigger girls like Terry. Like, showing, hey, this is, like... You know, you like you, you can value you can you you know you, you can, can be seen as beautiful <laughs> and well not that part but like like it's like the only because what this episode's really about is it's about insecurity it's sure. about you being your worst enemy because everybody assures Terry you're gorgeous Spinner has a crush on you like you know you have it going on and Terry's it's really Terry who gets is her own saboteur right saboteur. because she's the one who's like I don't believe it I need this alcohol to make me feel confident. And which obviously Paige has a hand in that. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like Terry's her own worst enemy. And so I feel like this episode is less so about weight or fat phobia and more just about like insecurity and trying to feel confident in yourself, which is like a much less interesting message. But kids need to hear it. Kids need to hear it. That's the nice part of it. But I'm an adult and I would like to grasp it. I want (laughs) I want them to go there. Okay, I th- th- I I have to be honest. I think episode four might be the most boring episode ever. It gets there at the end, but the the back and forth of am I pretty, am I not pretty is one of the most exhausting things. And I really like the actress who plays Terry. I don't think she is given enough to work with. You know, it's just it's it was a very redundant episode. It, it, several scenes felt redundant, and that's my thought. Um, I like this episode okay. okay. For the standards, <laughs> for the very low standards but we agree of season it does not one, go there. <laughs> it does not go there, but I do enjoy Paige getting her villain moment. It's always yes. fun to see her. I like to see you her know, revel. Yeah, revel in her villainy. Yeah. And I think the subplot with Toby and JT is very amusing. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Fo- sure. Foxy Ladies. But even that Foxy was because it's like, okay where the parents are gone okay there's a firewall okay good thing i know the password didn't need that scene okay the internet went out okay it's back on it's like what yeah is that's happening? true <laughs> yeah there's a lot of plot cul-de-sacs yeah. um but i don't know as far as like low more low stakes to grassy episodes i'm like this is fine it's it fine. was i will say it was very comfortable and it took me to a place because this is again one of the episodes that i've seen probably 50 times do we want to talk about our favorite fashion moment? Yeah, can you play our favorite fashion moment bumper there? As you know, in fashion, one day you're in. How do you clean from Canada? And the next day, you're out. An accent. To be honest, I don't know how fashionable it is. One day you're in. This this guy this could be like ten seconds short. Five five seconds. Five seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. We'll do a little five second version of that. But otherwise, sure, lovely. I'll, yeah, I'll make a shorter one. Uh, it's I'm probably pushing. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I looped part of the beat from the uh, shoes video. Oh, that's from um, Kelly shoes. Okay. It's from yeah shoes. Let's Honestly, that's shoes. very Beastie Boys of you to take a, a pre-existing beat <laughs> and make art out of it. So good for you, Brent. Thank you. Yeah, I'll make a shorter one. We appreciate your I, I think the fashion moment is the makeover. And I know I, I know we joked, it's not a real makeover, but when I saw Paige <laughs> and Terry together, I was like, wow, I'm taken to a time, I'm taken to a place. I love this. That's fair. 
My favorite fashion moment is from episode three, wow. and it is the iconic page crop top that says hottie. <gasps> hottie. <laughs> hottie. It says hottie in bedazzles. Hottie. <laughs> it's like a little... <laughs> What is it? Do you it's think she cl- made it herself? It looks like maybe she did. Uh, no, I'm sure she bought it at, like, Aeropostale. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, I, and this is a critique that I have of, like, basically all of Degrassi for the entirety of its run. I'm like, no one at our school was allowed to dress like that. <laughs> no. Never. I no. I don't think Ever. so. Ever. You could not wear a crop top. But, but you know, they made an exception for Paige, and mm-hmm. for that, I thank them. Because she looks like a hottie. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> I do think, uh, in retrospect, I agree that is probably the best fashion moment of these two episodes. But I just, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, Evan, and I was these kids' age when this was all happening. So I think I just really connected to those little little girls going to the dance looks. Really That's reminded fair. me I of do, my friends in school. I did appreciate Terry sort of like, I think it's like a paisley print or something on that like blue and purple, which is like a very, I feel like of that era color scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes you back. I didn't like Um, the print, but I did like the material. (laughs) uh, Honorable mention also goes to um, Ashley's triangle hair. I just think. Yeah, why was she she curling her hair hair and then her her hair was straight? What was that? (laughs) It's just like volume. I just think the shape is very whimsical. She looks like Peridot from from uh, Steven she Universe. She does. She does. Okay, that's another she thing. Does. That, that will be on the meme account, Alaboot Degrassi on Instagram. You'll see Peridot next to Ashley Kerwin, episode three. Um, well, well, think, Nick, Yeah. what have we learned today? What have we learned today? Let's share with the class. I yeah. learned that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Hmm. I learned that sherry is delicious. And the more you drink, the better you feel. What did you learn today? That's true. Share with That's true. Um, I learned that one party rule is not democratic. Mm. Yep. And you cannot run out of hose. This is not China. This is not China. Yeah. We are a parliamentary monarchy, <laughs> constitutional monarchy. Yeah, I, don't I, don't know know can- I forget what Canada is. I think they do the thing like England where the person who gets the most seats gets to like pick the prime minister. Yeah, parliamentary, right. Okay, great. Yeah. Brent, do you want to share with the class? you learn anything? Yeah, I learned that um, uh, Degrassi stole a story from my life. Uh, the JT storyline in the election episode, I, I ran against someone as a goof because she was running unopposed, and then I won. Uh, and so, and it was two months before this episode aired when that happened. I looked it up. Pretty crazy. Oh, so you think they probably based it off of you? I think they probably did, yeah. Oh my Simmons, God. Not Canada, that far away Canada, from Canada, Seattle, yeah, right yeah. there. Where are your royalties? Did they pay for the rights? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not from Canada, so we don't have any royalties. Um, we were not affected by the Queen's passing. Um, and I think that's too soon. Time. It's too soon, Nick. <laughs> she was only ninety-six. It's too soon for me to joke about that fucking slaven colonialist wench. <laughs> yeah, I said it, and I know I'm gonna piss off a lot of Canadian listeners by saying it, but Queen Elizabeth was no prize. <laughs> Sounds like I'm judging her on her looks. I don't mean it that way. I just didn't agree with her politics. Yeah, we all agree she was so fucking hot. She was hot. But she was bad. Oof. She was no angel. Beyonce was so happy when the queen died because she was like, finally, I'm the hottest person in the world. Because (laughs) (laughs) Queen Elizabeth has passed. 
that's funny. Okay. Well, this has been episode two, covering episodes three and four of All About Degrassi, a <laughs> podcast about uh, Degrassi and stuff. It's a podcast for Grassy, by, by Grassy, and of Grassy. I think that's really funny. I think I need to write it down, though, because I don't know how to say it. And uh, g- g- goodbye, everyone. <laughs>